This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. It's been more than a month since the Commissioner of the Environment and Sustainable Development presented a series of devastating reports about Canada's inept performance in addressing the climate crisis to the House of Commons. Jerry DeMarco said, There is a need for the federal government to achieve real outcomes on environmental protection and sustainable development, not just words on paper or unfulfilled promises. All too often, Canada's environmental commitments are not met with the actions needed to protect air, land, water and wildlife now and for future generations. And that is a trend we urgently need to reverse. We've had nine plans over the last 31 years from 1990 to now, and none of them have achieved their objectives. Even though they add up at the time, they say that they're going to meet those objectives. When you then go forward 10 years and see by then the debate is about the next plan. When we first started getting serious about climate change in 1990, our emissions are now 20-21% higher than when we started working on getting the graph to have a downward slope rather than an upward slope. There is time to reach net zero. I don't advocate waiting until New Year's Eve in 2049 to get working on that. There should be a steady progress from here to there. And in fact, the sooner we start working on it, the more beneficial impact there is on the atmosphere because of how long carbon dioxide and methane last in the atmosphere. DeMarco singled out two projects as examples of the government working at cross-purposes with itself. A common denominator between both the TMX uh, expansion and the Emissions Reduction Fund is that they were hastily produced decisions. And it's not unusual for governments to focus on short-term expediency at the expense of long-term gains. And these are examples of that. The government states to the international community in, in binding treaties like the UN Convention on Climate Change that it's going to do its part to prevent catastrophic climate change, but then short-term expediency can essentially trump that. And what ends up happening is you have increased emissions because countless short-term expedient decisions add up in a way that undermine the long-term goal. If you think of it in another analogy, if Canada sets out a, a goal of, of uh, doing its part to prevent climate change, and the, the analogy is trying to push a large rock up the hill to do that, it's a very difficult problem to do. You can't then dispatch one department to then you know, be responsible for doing, pushing up the hill, and then later dispatch other departments to be pushing on the other side of the rock, pushing it back down. That's essentially what's happening with policy and coherence. The long-term goal is being undermined by short-term decisions that not only don't further the objective, they run counter to the, the objective. When we set out on this audit, I was hoping to get a firm number as to what level of reduction was coming out of the Emissions Reduction Fund, because it is called an Emissions Reduction Fund. But we were very surprised, and I was very disappointed to see that Natural Resources Canada isn't doing the necessary tracking to estimate net emissions. The program was taking a, a narrow or myopic view of the problem at hand without looking at what other factors were affecting emissions from the projects and the facilities that were funded. And they also weren't looking at whether this fund was adding value to what was happening already through methane regulations that have come into force last year and then and further provisions next year. 
they weren't separating out, okay, what added value is this fund providing? Are there any actual net emission reductions? For some of these applicants, they actually said, we're going to increase production. So what, what happens if you cap a valve here or you, you stop flaring at this site, but overall you're increasing production? That would have a negative impact on achie achieving our climate change targets. So it is a problem and, and we can't have funds that are not rigorous in their estimations of the reductions or in achieving the results of, of net reductions. In the report on the Emissions Reduction Fund, it states, quote, we found that for 27 of the 40 projects, the companies had indicated in their submissions that the new infrastructure they would build with the onshore program funding to eliminate venting would accommodate current and future production increases. Submissions for eight projects had direct statements about increasing production, including projects with specifics about the number of new wells and the estimates of the increase in production volume and submissions for 19 projects had indirect statements about the projects being designed to accommodate an increase in future oil or gas production, unquote. I know it was made during COVID-19. It, it was a hastily put together program, but that's still no excuse. Luckily, most of the funds are still in the kitty, and they could improve the program before it's too late. On December 21st, Jonathan Wilkinson, Minister of Natural Resources, thanked DeMarco for providing constructive insight to the program's design. A number of revisions to the Emissions Reductions Fund were announced, quote, narrowing the scope of funded projects to only those that fully eliminate intentional routine venting and flaring of methane, applying strengthened criteria to make sure that we are funding projects that provide the greatest return on investment from an emissions reductions perspective, including establishing a cost per ton threshold, and providing greater transparency and ensuring that projects demonstrate emissions reductions that are incremental to Canada's methane regulations. A revised third intake period for the program will open in January 2022, and will remain open until March 31, 2022, to provide extra time to the companies coming into the program to collect additional application material and comply with new requirements, unquote. DeMarco spoke about the necessity for a longer-term view. This is a really difficult issue for governments to deal with because they frequently discount the future and focus on short-term objectives and gains. Climate change is an intergenerational issue. And we need to put in structures that are commensurate with the time span of climate change or biodiversity loss, for example. Our current structures have not, to this present time, have not met the task of dealing with long-term environmental and social issues like climate change. There has to be a coherent network of policies amongst the government to achieve a common goal. When you have different departments pushing in different directions, you get problems like the emissions level going up, even though you have individual programs that are trying to make them go down. So this particular emissions reduction fund, it isn't showing the results that it should, given the name of emissions reduction fund. There's no reason to give up on net zero in 2050. In fact, if we give up on net zero in 2050, we're going to reach 2050 and have a worse scenario in terms of a compromised climate, mass 
migrations of people displaced by climate change if we're getting into the two or three degree global warming area. The do-nothing alternative is actually worse than the, the tough work that will be needed to actually reach net zero. Both options are difficult. One leads to a disaster that we all want to avoid, which is continued warming climate. Reaching a net zero economy will involve some difficult decisions and some tough transitions, but it's better than just giving up and leaving our children with a planet that is compromised. We recommend that all levels of government seek to depolarize the debate towards a common goal with the objective of saving humanity and nature from disastrous levels of climate change and warming and severe weather. Canada was once a leader in the fight against climate change. However, after a series of missed opportunities, it has become the worst performer of all G7 nations since the landmark Paris Agreement on climate change was adopted in 2015. There has been some recent momentum in the form of legislation and stronger plans, so I'm still optimistic that Canada's performance can be turned around. But we can't continue to go from failure to failure. We need action and results, not just more targets and plans. You've been listening to select clippings from an hour-long press conference given by Jerry DeMarco, Commissioner of the Environment and Sustainable Development, as well as an excerpt from his report on the Emissions Reduction Fund and a press release from Natural Resources Canada. This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. Goodbye. <laughs>